Dear supporters of BLC, if you adore BLC and our free black history and audiobook content, donate via Patreon or get a print copy of the world-famous art pieces, The Morrow of Tradition by Charles Chestnut and Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl by Harriet Jacobs, bound together into just one practical book. The Morrow of Tradition by Charles Chestnut and Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl by Harriet Jacobs, bound together into just one practical book in the link below. the things that he had done. He was the leading farmer. He was the leading singer. He was the leading intellectual. He was the leading husband. And he was the leading everything. We had monsterized our leaders and they became immune from any kind of advice. Meanwhile, the African was suffering. The African woman who thought that upon attainment of political independence, she would now deliver in a decent hospital was still the victim of a village midwife. The African woman was suffering. The African woman who thought that they would now get water in a tap in their homes was still running five kilometers away to get water. Meanwhile, our monster leaders were laundering their clothes in, in France and in Paris. The African woman who thought that they would go to Kariako market here in Dar es Salaam or Owino market in Kampala, Uganda and get all the goodies could not get them because meanwhile the Minister for Agriculture had agreed that bad seed be supplied and meanwhile we were getting mangoes from Europe. The African woman who thought that they could have food on the table could not have food on the table. We had killed all our sugar industries that we may have sugar from Brazil and Mexico. And the African youth was no different. The African youth who thought that upon realization of independence, there would be occasion for them to get employment was now being humiliated at the embassies of the United States of America as he struggled to get the almighty green card. The young African who thought that liberation would bring something new was now struggling at the United Kingdom embassy, filling a document that is 50 pages long, being asked who their great-great-grandfathers were and what enterprise they were engaged in. And they could not stop there. They went to the Australian embassy and to the French embassy and the treatment was the same. The African youth was being treated like a leper, like a pariah, like a subhuman being. And they were asking, for what purpose did we gain this thing called independence? And those who are not humiliated in Gambia in Nigeria, in Niger, were crossing the Red Sea, swimming across the Mediterranean to go to Italy so that they may be enslaved anew. Meanwhile, the African leader was busy looting 
from their countries and buying mansions in Paris and in London and in Florida and driving private jets and helicopters and being addressed as their excellencies and honorables instead of being addressed properly as horribles. Hygiene had disappeared in African politics. And what had started happening is that a new generation of African leaders who were dissatisfied started emerging. And one need only look at Africa in the 1980s when we begin to see the emergence of a new crop of leaders who are saying, this is not what we fought for. And I can remember so very vividly Ethiopia's Meles Zenawi in 1984 abandoning his medical studies and pursuing the dead regime of Mengistu Hail Mariam and he removed Hail Mariam and there is a sense in which some hygiene has been reintroduced in Ethiopia and I can remember here God works in strange ways Idi Amin made the mortal mistake of assuming that Tanzania and Mwalimu Julius Nyerere could be poked without consequence. He tried, and he died regretting it. And this became, indeed, many of you will remember that this University of Dar es Salaam became the finishing school of latter-day revolutionaries. John Garang de Mabior was here. Yoweri Kaguta Museveni was here. If they were not students, they passed through here because this was the mecca of political revolutionaries. <laughs> Eduardo Mondlane was here. Samora Marshall passed through here, if only for a few hours. <laughs> Nelson Holisa Samandela passed through here. Sam Nuyoma came through here. This was the baptism ground. And the high priest was Mwalimu Julius Kambarage Nyerere. It was he who in a manner of speaking said, with this water I thee baptize, that you may go out there and change your country. And Yoweri Kaguta Museveni went out into Uganda and there is a sense, whether you like it or not, in which some hygiene was introduced in that country. There is a sense in which when Samora Moises Marshall left this ground, he went to Mozambique and there was a sense in which some hygiene was introduced in that country. There is a sense in which John Garang de Mabior left here, and some hygiene was beginning to be introduced in South Sudan. Right now, the story is a little different, but one can see that there was this new crop of leaders who recognized that indeed we had to do something about it. But ladies and gentlemen, what had happened over the years? Let us ask ourselves the fate of Africa. Why I say that there is a need for political hygiene? Africa today has 54 odd countries. And allow me to take you through a tour of Africa if the moderator will be gracious enough to give me latitude. 
When you start from the Cape in South Africa, there is a great country which has given birth to great men. 1912, the first political party to be founded in Africa, the African National Congress of Sir Albert Lutuli. That party has given birth to the Mandelas, to the governing Beckys, to the Reginald Oliver Tambo. There was great pain during the apartheid regime, but wisdom prevailed upon President de Klerk. And in 1994, we created what was called a rainbow niche. Mandela had his honeymoon. Then came Governor Mbeki, or Tabo Mbeki, the son of Governor Mbeki. Then came Jacob Zuma. I do not know where Jacob is taking South Africa. But from where I am, there is need for hygiene in South Africa. Because that is a great country. And that is the anchor of Southern Africa. Nelson Mandela left a country that was called the Rainbow Nation. Today I'm beginning to hear them talk about the Zulu and the Kosa and the Pedi. It is your own Mwalimu Julius Kambarage Nyerere who says... Katika karne ya 21 mnasema tupande basi la makabila hiyo ni ujinga na upumbavu. Then there is another country because there is need for hygiene in African politics and when one talks about hygiene one wants to see improved agriculture. One wants to see improved infrastructure. One wants to see improved education. One wants to see that the quality of the life of our women and children is improved. And you go to Namibia, there is a sense in which there is some hygiene there. If only, if only the land question could be solved, that would be a country that is worthy, is moving in the right direction. One can begin to see that. Then you move to Angola, that unfortunate land of Agostino, Nato, and you will remember Holden Roberto and Jonas Malheiro Savimbi. There is a sense in which that country was traumatized. I'm happy to note that President Dos Santos now says he's going to retire in 2018. My only concern is that he is sick now and he is seeking treatment in Madrid, Spain, why don't they have a good hostel in Luanda, Angola? After you've been a president for 20 years, you are going to another civilization to treat you? There is a sense in which there was lack of hygiene. <laughs> then you go to Botswana, that great country, 1966, Botswana was a backwater country with nothing but courtesy of an individual who knew that hygiene depended and de required that you improve the quality of people's lives. Sir, And you know when you have hygiene, even the politics becomes hygienic. And you realize that politics is not a life and death issue. That politics is a question of the competition of ideas. I've just read a Tanzanian newspaper here, which I thought was very insightful. 
sasa ni kupambanisha hoja sio vioja and there is beauty in that anyerere put it even better in much more eloquent kiswahili than i can master he said kwanza tutambue ya kwamba ikulu ni mahali patakatifu But I'm still talking about Botswana Saserese Kama Ketumile Masire Festus Mohai and Ian Kama they now know that politics is not life and death that is a country where there is hygiene for those who are afro pessimists who think that nothing is happening in Africa something is happening they are monsters but they are also angels but did they not exist like that even in the heavens Lucifer alongside Michael and Gabriel it would appear that as it is in heaven so it is on earth <laughs> and if you go to Mozambique you can also begin to see that there is a problem there but there is an attempt at hygiene you go to Zambia that is another country Kenneth David Kaunda on the day that he left office Kenneth David Kaunda had only $8000 in his account If you ask your typical African Tanzanian councillor today before Magufuli came in that was pocket change <laughs> After 24 years in power $8000 only those are people who love their country and sacrifice there is a need for hygiene in Zambia it is the only country in the world that I know Where, when an opposition leader blocks a motorcade it does not become the offense of obstruction it becomes the offense of treason unprecedented in the world hygiene is necessary in that country and i look forward to hygiene being introduced then one comes to tanzania you know Tanzania when one talks about hygiene one must start in the 1960s one must remember the Arusha declaration and the nobility of the intentions of Mwalimu Julius Kambarage Nyerere and that is why many of you may not know but at one time it was suggested that he be made a saint of the Catholic Church and the reason was very simple This was a man who had ideas. This was a man who had clarity of thought. This was a man who could see the future almost with the exactitude of a Jewish prophet. This was a man who had the humility almost like the humility of the carpenter of Nazareth. This was a man who loved his country. he made mistakes and when he made them he realized and corrected them that is his greatness is it not saint just who said that nobody can rule guiltlessly this is a man who found 120 plus ethnic groups and welded them into one nation so that tanzanians speak with one voice You know if you look at Tanzania and you ask your typical Tanzanian what was the ethnic extraction of president Kambarage Nyerere they do not know 
and they do not care. If you ask Tanzanians what was the ethnic extraction of the second president of Tanzania, Mzee Ali Hassan Mwinyi, the Tanzanians do not know and they do not care because it does not matter. If you ask them what was the ethnic extraction of the third president of Tanzania, Benjamin William Mkapa, they do not know and it does not matter and they do not care. And if you ask Tanzania what was the ethnic extraction of your fourth president, Jakaya Mrisho Kikwete, they do not know and they do not care. And if you ask them what is the extraction of your fifth president, John Pombe Magufuli, they do not know and they do not care. They only know that he's a bulldozer. But you go to my country, Kenya, God save my country. God save my country. When you meet your typical Kenyan and you introduce yourself as John, they'll ask for the second name, not that they may know your full names, but that they may identify you with your ethnicity and pigeonhole you accordingly. When you go into that country, which is a great country in prospect, but which is being destroyed by negative ethnicity, you ask them who the first president of Kenya was, they'll tell you it was Jomo Kenyatta and he was Kikuyu and we care, we want our Kikuyu president. And if you ask them who was the second president, they'll tell you it was Daniel Arab Moy of the Kalenjin extraction, and we cared because it was our turn to eat. And if you ask them who was the third president, they'll tell you it is Uhuru Mwigai Kenyatta, and he is a Kikuyu, and we want him to continue because we Kikuyus and we Kalenjin only feel safe when one of our own is in state house. And if you ask the opposition and you ask the leaders, you ask the leaders from my own ethnic group, the Luo of Kenya, the Luo will tell you we have been marginalized for too long. The time has come that God must smile upon us and our son must be the president. And if you ask the Luhia, they'll say the same thing. That is the tragedy of gigantic proportion. I'm submitting to us that the country called Kenya needs political hygiene. I'm submitting to us that the country called Kenya needs to come to Tanzania here on a benchmarking tour and that the president of the Republic of Kenya and all our parliamentarians should sit at the state house and be lectured by John Pompe Magufuli on the finer points of governance. Of course, Mzee Warioba will be there, and other stalwarts will be there. Salim Ahmed Salim will be there. Great Tanzanians will be there. And Nyerere will remind us, katika karne ya ishirini na moja tupande basi ya makabila ujinga na upumbafu. Because it can destroy a nation. There is need for political hygiene in Kenya. Right now in Nigeria, 
the Igbos want to secede and they are being warned by the Yorubas and the Northerners there is need for political hygiene. But let me also say one of the things that relates to hygiene. Aside from negative ethnicity, there is another thing that has killed Africa and taken away political hygiene, corruption. You know, it would appear that we of the Negroid blood relate very poorly with this thing called money. Money is a useful facility that enables you to do things with ease. But if you allow money to control you and you begin to adore money, and you acquire appetite for money, then you are in trouble. And I want to submit to us that Africa is the only continent in the world where upon appointment into political office or upon ascending to the political office, it's as if you have won a lottery ticket to sudden wealth. In Africa, when you are appointed a minister, even the newspapers will say if you are appointed to the Ministry of Finance, he has been appointed to the lucrative Ministry of Finance. If you are appointed to the Ministry of Agriculture or Mining, they say you've been appointed to the lucrative Ministry of Mining. But when you are appointed to the Minister of Culture, they say you've been appointed to the lean Ministry of Culture. In other words, there is a sense in which institutions in Africa appear to believe that he who gets into public office has a license to be a thief. And if you look at many African countries, many African leaders cannot account for, for their wealth. They have stripped their countries naked. You know, when I look at some of the great leaders of Africa, some who will not be remembered so very fondly by history, I regret. Robert Gabriel Mugabe of Zimbabwe. Nyinyi wa Swahili mnasema wali wa kushiba uonekana kwenye sinia. In 1980s when Mugabe took power, it was said of him that he had the largest number of degrees of any leader in the world and he had degrees. It was said that he was a passionate revolutionary and he was a passionate revolutionary. It was said that he had liberated Rhodesia, renamed Zimbabwe into a great country and for the first 10 years he did a good job. Then something happened. <laughs> different commentators have different ways of saying. Some of them say that Sally died and he married Grace and it has never been the same again. I do not know. Some of them said that he became a prisoner of some of his comrades. I do not know. But the only thing that I know is that all the historical dividends he had accumulated have now been squandered. Why? They have been squandered because Robert Gabriel Mugabe now presides over a country where there is 90% unemployment. 
Robert Gabriel Mugabe now presides over a country which does not have a currency but has a central bank. This is unprecedented in the history of modern civilization. I'm submitting to us that corruption has been at the very heart of the destruction of Africa. That is why we do not have roads. That is why we do not have good hostels. That is why we cannot feed ourselves in Kenya today. We and Ethiopia, we are importing maize from Mexico. In Liberia, they're importing chicken from Brazil. And in many countries, we cannot even feed ourselves. We do not make our own medicine. Medicine is made as generics in India. We do not even produce our own seeds to plant our fields. They are being made by Syngenta and Monsanto. We do not produce anything because of corruption. But there is a sense in which one can begin to see some hygiene. There is a sense when I arrived here in Dar es Salaam and I look at the newspapers and I see a white gentleman having flown into Tanzania in a private jet from the company called Acacia, goes into State House in Dar es Salaam and literally almost saying, Mia Kalpa, Mia Kalpa. Mia maxima kalp. Nimekosa sana, nimekosa sana, nimekosa sana. And President John Pombe Magufuli, as if he was a Catholic father, saying, Nimekuskia mwanang. Nimekuskia mwanang. Tutakurumia lakini kwa mashart. Na mashati ni ya kwamba lazima ulipe ulizo zipora. I felt told that there is an African leader who can stand up to international pirates who for 20 years have deprived Tanzania of taxes that would have gone to schools, taxes that would have gone to the health sector, Taxes that would have gone to infrastructure. Taxes that would have gone into agriculture. John Pombe Magufuli is a breath of fresh air. I know that there are some Tanzanians who may think that he's disrupting their agenda. John Pombe Magufuli disrupt their agenda. For if you come into a country and you find a country, a patient suffering from cancer, you've got to subject them to chemotherapy. And when you administer chemotherapy, the hair will fall out a little. There will be some pain. That pain is necessary because there is no gain without pain. I'm not a Jewish prophet nor related to one. I'm not a member of CCM. But if John Pombe Magufuli continues on this trajectory and has a second term, in the next 10 years, Tanzania will be one of the largest economies in this country. God save John Pombe Magufuli. You know, I was reading a tweet and some American is saying, bring us John Pombe Magufuli. And I was in Kenya and I said at one time, 
that we need to magulify Kenya. In other words, there is a sense in which a new English word can be found, the magufulification of Africa. In fact, I dare say that even my own paper, instead of calling it a call for hygiene in African politics, I would say the magufulification of Africa. And I would still be right. But the whites say that one swallow does not make a summer. There are other good examples in Africa of the beginning of the introduction of political hygiene. Ian Kama in Botswana. Ian Kama in Botswana, it is said that a minister in his government went to him and said, I've been named in a scandal, Your Excellency help me. He told him there is nothing that I can do. The individual went to his rural home. The following day, it is reported that he had committed suicide. I'm not a sadist, nor do I intend to be one, but if there are such individuals, I want more suicides. <laughs> Ian Kama is yet another breath of fresh air. Paul Kagame of Rwanda, 1994, the United Nations turned away the Rwandese, within 100 days, anything between 800,000 and 1 million Tutsis and moderate Hutus were killed even in churches. Then there came a tall, lanky man, Paul Kagame, and his comrades in arms. I was there two days ago, and one of the best drives out of any airport in the world is to be found in Kigali in Rwanda. And you can see so that those who thought that Africans cannot do it, our color is innocent. The Negroid, the dark color is innocent. It is not in our DNA. No. What happens is that there are some within our ranks who are errant, who must be punished. One can go on and on, but even my own good friend Yoweri Kaguta Museveni found a dilapidated Uganda. And even if you say that Yoweri has now stayed a little longer, there is a sense in which history will remember him fondly. One can go on and on, but one must also remember that lunch must be served. And if one remembers that lunch must be served, one must also remember that there is the law of diminishing returns. <laughs> and one must also remember that one must now grow to their conclusion, even as they are talking about a call for political hygiene. So I'm submitting to us this morning that Africa can be great and Africa must be great. But Africa will only be great if we Africans do that which is good and right the great Indian nationalist, Chakravati Rajagopalachari, <laughs> said that when politics stumbles, the country pays. So the first thing that we must do is to introduce hygiene in our politics. And now that I'm in Tanzania, the first thing that we must do is to magulify our politics.
I know that there is a Kiswahili same game kisifiwa tembo litia maji and I'm conscious that one of the names of President Magufuli is Pombe. But I have no doubt that President Magufuli will remain on the right course. As you say here in Tanzania, atabaki kwenye njiaku hata chepua. I'm suggesting to us that we introduce hygiene in our politics. Which means, and Mzee Wariaba will remember when we were talking about the constitution, Africans must begin looking at their constitution and there must be constitutions which are address the African environment. You know, there was a time after the fall of the Berlin Wall when European powers from London, Paris, Madrid, and Washington told us that democracy is equals to multi-party politics. Democracy equals to this. I now hold the view that while plurality is a good thing, a constitutional reviews gives us an opportunity to come up with homegrown solutions. Dear supporters of BLC, if you adore BLC and our free black history and audiobook content, donate via Patreon or get a print copy of the world-famous art pieces, The Marrow of Tradition by Charles Chestnut and Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl by Harriet Jacobs, bound together into just one practical book. The Marrow of Tradition by Charles Chestnut and Incidents in the Life of a Slave Girl by Harriet Jacobs, bound together into just one practical book in the link below.